0: scrambles left winds up
1: he's got time at the 10 to the back yes. to the end zone touchdown and a dagger yannis
0: into the lane yannis spinning fading shot
1: up God for yannis at
0: the buzzer bucks win it
1: Hey y'all, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. This is a segment for not only them diehard Brewer fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm your host, Tyler, aka T Plush, and can be found on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. As always, I'm joined with my two good friends, Trevor, who can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor, and Scott The Vanilla Gorilla, who can be found on Twitter, at Vanilla7Gorilla. So, getting things started here today, do it slightly different. We're going to rant a little bit. Brewers went on their longest losing streak of the year in five games, which included being swept to the Padres. Um, We're able to end the Red Series off with two wins. But a lot has happened, so... We'll get into it as we get rolling along, um, but to get started, I'm gonna start this rant session. Um, we're gonna go back to the Padres session or series, and in which we lost the first game two to nothing, four to one, the second game eight to seven, the last game, and I'm gonna start with the lefties. Um, Brewers faced two lefties. Um, second one was making his MLB MLB debut. Uh, Between the two of them, they pitched 14 innings, gave up zero runs, and struck out 10 Brewer batters. (laughs) Um, A victim, as you might have guessed, was Travis Shaw. Um, Granted, it was a lefty, so he didn't even start most of those games. But still, throughout the entire Padres series, he finished 0-7 with five strikeouts. Um, Absolutely insane. Unacceptable. Travis Shaw, I don't know where exactly to begin with him. Um, I saw a tweet the other day that actually indicated it was on June 23rd of last year when the Brewers sent Domingo Santana down, and he was a 30-home run guy. Um, it's I'm just kind of starting to wonder when are we getting that point with Travis Shaw. <laughs> mm.
0: I I don't know i have more faith in shaw coming out of this than i have with jesus aguilar coming out of his flump that he's been in all year i don't know uh, i don't know i
2: just
1: one of them please for the love of god <laughs> yeah. i mean i'll say we we keep begging and begging
0: <laughs> shaw shaw has been terrible um I don't know. It's tough. And I think the hardest thing with Shaw is that is that they sent Keston down for to bring Travis Shaw back. That's like the biggest thing on my mind and I feel like with a lot of Brewers fans is Keston went down and was playing great in the majors um and is doing pretty damn good in the minors right now and then they bring travis shaw up and he has not come out of his slump at all it looked like for a little bit shortly after he came up that he was gonna work his way out of the slump and at the end of that padre series he is batting um a 169 169 that is terrible Yeah, I figured
1: you would That's make awesome. that joke, Scott. In a case you're <laughs> wondering, Kesten Hira has 17 home runs down in the minors.
2: <laughs> yeah, can we please bring him back?
1: I mean, organization has to make a—they have to make up their mind at some point. Like, <laughs> I don't know—you can't be holding back any longer. He's—he's he's clearly the better option. <laughs> um, I understand yeah, giving you I... your—you know—your veteran guy, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and I what heard that. that <laughs> I heard that Travis Shaw has minor league options
1: left. Um, that I do not know. I think he's been in the majors too long to have options. I thought I, I thought check. I heard it
0: last week that he had one option left. I know Jesus Aguilar is out of options, but I thought. I thought I saw that um, Travis Shaw had an option left. Hmm.
1: Um,
0: I'll either let way, you the know fact that
1: yes, I. Find ch- it. <laughs> yeah, so either way, the fact that we <laughs> we know something needs to be done, um, and I like I was saying, I understand giving your veteran guy a chance and you know sticking your faith into him. Um, you know, I'm sure as a player that means a lot, but. <laughs> You know, eventually, he's got to run out of chances. Um, I mean, the offense really could have used anything during this Padres series. They went, tw- dating back to the Giants series, they went 20 innings without scoring a run, an entire run. It's crazy. And then their first run that they scored was off a wild pitch. They didn't get their first RBI of the series until the first inning of the third game. <laughs> um, it's a little late for your offense to show up in a series. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, And then the defense was just as bad. We missed two little league pop-ups. <laughs> um, there's what they're calling the twilight play where Kane and Yelich kind of, nobody saw the ball in the twilight and it plopped right in front of them. And then there was the play where uh, Grandal was playing first that day and Pina's behind home plate. Pop-up right in between both of them. Should have been Grand- Grandal's ball and they just kind of looked at each other like, well, who's going to go get it? <laughs> Nobody did. Uh, God, you know, when it rains, it pours, it seems like. And the third defensive play that really sticks out to me was uh, the bases were loaded, and Mike Mustakas made an incredible diving play. Like, that was great. And then he tried to turn a double play by throwing the ball back to first, and it dang near went in the stands he sailed that thing like crazy um would have been a heck of a double play but i don't know if he realistically had a chance at hey. getting the runner out at first but
2: that was not moose's <laughs> fault it's never <laughs> moose's fault <laughs>
1: yeah. well he that was the deciding one of the deciding runs in the game so
0: <laughs> so tyler i fault. i found it um Travis Shaw and? actually has two options left, according to this website I'm looking at. He has two options left. But, uh. I mean, that's interesting because I, it's kind of weird to think about Travis Shaw because I think of him as a veteran. Um, but it also says Christian Yelich has three, Ryan Braun has three, so if they just never get optioned down, they just keep those. But after a certain amount of time, the player has to agree to being sent down. Um, But it doesn't look like Travis Shaw is to that point yet. So he he could be optioned down. I feel like that would be pretty demoralizing for him, but I feel like you got to, you got to win now this, we were a game away from the world series last year. You have to be in that mindset of getting your best team out there. And, I, When the move happened, I thought it was smart because I thought Travis Shaw would be more consistent throughout this year, but Keston is proving to us that he was fine when he was in the majors, and he's been just as good, but probably better in the minors um, since he's been sent back down. So at this point, I feel like he's our better option. Have Travis Shaw go play in AAA for however long and have him figure it out, play every day, and... Hopefully he can find his way out of this slump. I don't I don't know
2: how demoralizing it's gonna be. It wouldn't it be demoralizing keep putting him out there and having him play like shit every night? I feel like if he went down and actually hit a few balls it might make him feel better about himself to be honest.
1: If he hits the ball in the minors. <laughs> well exactly. If he doesn't fuck him because he wasn't hitting the ball in the minors when he was down earlier this year coming back from that injury we brought him up anyway
2: <laughs> i mean if he's not gonna hit the ball in the minors and not gonna boost his confidence against pitchers down there i don't see it happening up here i mean he did hit a home run does today right the he yep. obliterated the ball today but he was still one for four
0: today yeah, and in his post game today, he said, "I, I needed that one, so hopefully that's a yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> hopefully that's the <a> start <laughs> of something new for this twenty nineteen season because he's had thirty home runs the past two years, so like you know he can produce. It's that's the most frustrating part for me, is I know he can be that player, but he is just really struggling right now."
1: Yeah, I mean we can't keep saying. Oh, I hope this is the start of something. Hope this is the start of something, <laughs> because yeah, uh, we're in June. We've been saying that all season. Um, I don't know. This we'll see. I mean, the Brewers showed that they're willing to make roster changes, which we'll obviously get into in a little bit. Um, mainly on the pitching side, but you know, next is got offensive moves will be coming soon. I think. Oh, they already um,
2: switched up the rotation didn't they yeah
1: so they, they did so yeah trying. we can get into that actually
2: <laughs> yeah they're trying some new stuff on offense too which
1: is good so yeah they they utilize grandal in the uh in the lead off um and then ben gamel in the ninth spot the last two games um switching ahead to the red series here and uh the first game learns with Kane bad to clean and then he sat out today's sunday finale um but I mean, the whole intention is to get people on base in front of Christian Yelich. I mean, Ismael Grandal has the second best on base percentage as a Brewer, obviously behind Christian Yelich, and Ben Gamel um, has a higher on base percentage actually than Lorenzo Kane this year, um, despite having a few more walks just due to his um, limited playing time. But I mean, Ben Gamel just—he has a good eye, and he gets finds a way to get on base. And so by now essentially having two legit hitters in front of Christian Yelich, you're kind of making pitchers say, hey, I have to pitch these guys. Otherwise, when Yelich gets up, he's going to hit three-run homers instead of solo shots. <laughs> so I kind of like the change.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I I like Ben Gamble. He's been doing pretty well, pretty consistent, I'd say. So, I mean, after five-game Losing streak, you got to switch
0: something up. Yeah, definitely. And we definitely needed that, and I'm glad console changed it up a little bit um, in that game three, and obviously it worked out. And I think exactly for the reasons Tyler pointed out, getting some bats in front of Yelich is, is going to be huge. And last year... That was Lorenzo Kane, but he's been in a slump, and we, ha- and it feels like all season he's not been the same player. But, and that's something that I feel like we haven't talked about a lot either, just because
1: Aguilar and Shaw have been so terrible. See, so, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Um, let me propose a question to you: Why? So the Brewers obviously are using the unorthodox method to get people on in front of Yelich. Um, what happens? Why don't they just slide Yelch down into the three spot? Then you can keep your pitcher at nine.
0: I always wondered that. Why your best hitter should be in the three hole, right? That's always been like the conventional wisdom. Most of the time. <laughs> I don't understand why he's hitting second. I get it; he's a great on-base guy, but he's also a fucking phenomenal power guy. He leads the league in homers. Put him in the three hole. I I'm okay with not having him clean up. We don't need him there because I feel like you can put just a, you can put moose there or something. But put him in the three hole, and get two good on base percentage guys in front of him. Um, and eventually, I think that's going to be Lorenzo Cain is going to keep that leadoff spot. But I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't want Yelich in the three hole with how much power he hits, how he hits for average, like. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I would like to see, uh, if they did put him in the three-hole, I'd like to see Grandal, Thames, Yellich. <laughs> That's a lot of power at the top of the lineup. That's, you know, our three best on-base percentage players right in a row. <laughs> um, that could be a force to be reckoned with, I think.
0: <laughs> Who would you, uh, but who'd you we'll say see. was the second
1: one in that? Thames. Eric Thames. Thames? Oh, r- really? And uh, he draws a lot of walks. Granted, he strikes out a crap load too, but he can get on base.
0: I don't know if I'd want Thames in the two hole, but. I mean, the way. Good cleanup then. Moose. Moose. I, I would rather have Moose in the two hole and Thames in the four hole than the other way That's around That's what she said.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that might be what I said. That's how much I love him. Jesus.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, speaking right. of speaking of Christian Yelich things, I find it very bizarre that he had an 18-game hit streak and it took for him to not get a hit for us to finally snap our five-game winning streak, or losing streak, excuse me. Um, He also had a consecutive three-game home run streak going on as well that was snapped on Saturday when we finally won. Um, But uh, getting more into the Reds series, um, I'm going to rant a little bit again on the fact that the Reds had two triples in game one off Jimmy Nelson, and both of them were hit to left center. Like, that should never happen. There weren't, like, weird ref- like deflections off the wall or anything. It literally just, like, Braun and uh, Kane just kind of lollygagged over to the wall. And as a result, Puig and Winkler both get easy triples. <laughs> um, which I think, hopefully, was just one of those slump things, you know, where um, everybody's feeling kind of down and, sh- you know, not engage the most, so hopefully they snap that crap out of their system because that was inexcusable, in my opinion. Um, And, yeah, the other thing I got from the Red Series um, was, obviously, Christian Yelich hit his league-leading 29th home run, um, which puts him on pace for 60 home runs, and he also happened to tie Prince Fielder's record for the most amount of home runs before the All-Star break. Um, he's still got, what, 14 games to go yet before that point, so hopefully he'll be able to surpass fielder in that regard. And I did some digging up on uh, Christian Yelch's OPS numbers. <laughs> um, so if the season ended today, he would be essentially tied for, like, the 30th best OPS of all time. Um, to catch number one, which was uh, Barry Bonds, he, he's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> um, so Barry Bonds' um, best OPS was a 1.4. In that season, he drew 232 walks and hit 40 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't think he'll catch Barry Bonds, but <laughs> it is cool to see him up there. Uh, what do you guys got? Um, anything else on the Red Series at all?
2: Yeah, I was going to talk about Shaw's home run. That would be my play of the series. Uh, Bottom of the third to go up 1-0, and then we hold on to the lead the rest of the way. Uh, Like I said before, he went 1-4 on the day, but hopefully that home run knocked something loose in him too. I mean, he let it rip. It was 465 uh, feet which is the longest homer of the year by Brewer, uh Brewer. Um so I mean that's that's got to be a little confidence boost at least, I mean.
0: And fuck Travis Shaw for taking that <laughs> away from Christian Yelich like 3 days later after he hit his 462 <laughs> and then Shaw's like, yeah, for my first home run of the year, I'm just going to hit this bomb. <laughs> Ugh. Well, hopefully they just keep going back and forth, and well, if that that five (laughs) hundred, if that happens, we can deal with it then. Yep. (laughs) Um, My home or my home run, my play is a home run uh, from Yasmani Grandal in Game Three, and that was that leadoff home run. So obviously, that was a big change, um, and Grandal instantly made Council look like a genius um which was great to see and that was kind of ties into my number um which is 9 through the first 3 games they didn't allow a first run inning in the fourth game which was great but through the first 3 games the reds scored 9 runs in the in first innings of those games so 3 runs every single first inning so the brewers were always behind um which is it's Tough for any offense, even a good one like the Brewers. Um, but when you're struggling, you can't be going down 3 0 in the first inning every time. Um, but in that game three, the Brewers did a good job of fighting back. Grandall hit that homer, and they ended up scoring four runs in the bottom of the first. So they were actually winning at the end of one in that game. But it was just, it was struggling to see the starting pitchers struggle
1: so much in that first inning and it really made it tough on the offense. Yeah, my my favorite first inning out of the series was when uh, Chase Anderson ended up giving up a run without a hit. <laughs> Walking the leadoff man. Uh, then he beams Suarez and uh, beams, oh, guess who? Derek Dietrich. <laughs> uh, and then walks in a run. And eventually the Reds hit. I think it was a bloop single. He had to score two runs, which gave him their three for the first inning. <laughs> but Wow. <laughs> being being at that game, those look like BS
2: calls. Him getting hit, did, did those really happen that
1: many times in that game? You you can watch some replays where his el- the ball is a strike and his elbows literally over the plate. <laughs> so it's his fault, but he still gets to go to first base.
2: <laughs> That's lame. You just pull a, you just pull a Happy Gilmore and stand in front of the base.
1: <laughs> That's what I'd do. S- essentially, what it is. <laughs> only
2: three hundred sixty-four more days until <laughs> hockey season.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, yeah. When you're beamed six times in a series, which is a major league record, <laughs> um, something. Uh, they have to do something about that. Because <laughs> uh, he's only beamed. He's only been being 15 times total on the whole year. So, I mean, maybe a little bit of an outlier, I guess, the series. But the way he stands, he's begging for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's transition here. Um, so, obviously, uh, Burns was optioned to AAA. Um, it kind of sounds like he's not going to start a whole lot of games in AAA. He's more going to be readying himself to return as a reliever if you know he proves to be reliable in the minors in triple a to be able to get that call back up um we kind of talked earlier this year you know like we thought we should keep burns as a starter even if he went down to triple a you know that way kind of keeps a whatever confidence is left (laughs) that he has and b that's just more you know more consistent for him you're not having to switch between the two um and then obviously the counter of that one is uh Jimmy Nelson is being moved to the bullpen out of the starting rotation. Um so it sounded like he had a say in what happened to him. Um you know, basically declining to go to Triple A says I'll work I'll stay at the majors and stay in the bullpen. <laughs> um so what do you what do you guys think about those two moves?
0: Um I I don't really like either of them. Burns going to A and pitching out of the bullpen. So that tells me they're like completely giving up on him, um, which I don't get. His stuff is electric. Let him pitch the rest of this year as a starter every five days down in Triple A. I get that doesn't help us win now. Um, but Adrian Hauser has stepped up. You can go make deals at the deadline to get more bullpen arms, um, and then if he really figures it out, then you can bring him up in September, and he can help you out that way, whether it's in the bullpen or the starting rotation. I just don't get it. Um, I th- It just feels to me like they're giving up on him, and I don't think they should. And then Jimmy Nelson, what did he make? Two starts? Yep. Three starts since th- – being off, like, two years, let the guy figure it out. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't understand. And I'll kind of <laughs> jump ahead for a second. And then you go and take a guy who's been very consistent, outside of Hader and Jeffress, has been the best bullpen arm. You put him in the starting rotation. I get getting a younger guy into the rotation because that's what I want Burns to be. But why take a guy that you have used in high leverage situations who have proven to be very good this year so far, why take him out of that role? Now he's going to go do what Corbin Burns did. Then he's going to lose confidence and then he's going to struggle the rest of the year. Great. Good
1: job. Yeah. I I totally understand what, how you're feeling about Hauser. Um, the only thing that I can maybe counter that with is, you know, if Hauser does prove to be a reliable starter, and again, there big. If he's only had two starts this year and, you know, don't read much into those. Um, but that that would kind of give the Brewers more flexibility this trade deadline season, I think. Because it's a lot, obviously a lot easier, at least I think, to get a relief pitcher. Um, just because there's so many of them. Um, whereas compared to good starters, you're probably going to have to give up more um, for that kind of an asset. Um, so I guess that's really the only other counter I have to that. And then, yeah. You said Jimmy Nelson only made three starts. You're correct. Um, some interesting stats from his last start, though, actually. He he threw 94 pitches, and 60% of them were a slider or a curve. And that's insanely high to begin with. Um, but the main reason I think he threw that many breaking pitches, uh, his sinker, which he used 25% of the time, was thrown for a ball at a 58% clip. Um, so obviously struggling with that hard stuff command um so you know maybe in the bullpen where most pitchers are you know one to two maybe three pitch repertoire people um he's able to work on that fastball command a little bit and who knows i bet you we see him back in the starting rotation at some point (laughs) yes uh obviously with all all the uh panic this week and our five game losing streak do you guys have uh we've kind of hashed a lot of it out already any other suggestions that you would do to uh quote-unquote fix the brewers
0: let's hear it scott (laughs) i
2: would make a trade i i mean i think we've been talking about it for a while that It'd be helpful to get another brewer uh, pitcher here. Um, I I'd be damned to know who, but I know that there's plenty on on the block out there. Um, I mean, I just think the, the Cubs got a good pitcher, um, and we kind of need to compete with them. So, I. Uh, I just think it would be a big move to
0: pull the trigger and get a, another pitcher in our lineup. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I really wouldn't expect it till close to the trade deadline. And I, honestly, I think they're gonna go and make at least two moves at the deadline. Um, at least one is gonna be for a bullpen pitcher. Would not be surprised if they go get two bullpen pitchers. Um, I guess especially if Hauser takes off in the starting rotation and can prove to be like Brandon Woodruff, um, which would be amazing, Um, if he can prove to be that consistent and that good, I think that, like you said, Tyler, that does afford you some flexibility and you can go get a bullpen arm and feel more confident in that starting rotation even though you didn't like go out and trade for a starting pitcher. But it basically works as that. So hopefully hopefully that move takes off. I am just very dubious of it, and that's probably because Corbin Burns struggled in that um, role. But, I mean, Brandon Woodruff has done pretty good. Freddy Peralta's been hot and cold pretty much all year, it feels like. But we'll see how Hauser fares, and I think that'll be a big – telling sign of what they're actually going to do at the trade deadline if he can prove to be at least a capable every fifth day starter then they're going to focus on um bullpen pitching and if the issue at first base hasn't been figured out um, which Thames has been playing pretty well but if they need more offense from that position or they want to go make that position better maybe they do that as well which could definitely be another option. And my last thing, um,
1: bring that second baseman back to the majors. Thanks. I think you just made a lot of people happy, <laughs> that last comment. Uh, that That is probably one thing I would do too, definitely bring Keston up. Um, and then regarding like the trade deadline too, we are getting Gio Gonzalez back at some point too. So in the six starts he's made this year, he's – He's been solid, low three ERA. So, I mean, and Hauser comes through like we're hoping. That's four starting pitchers right there who are pretty solid dudes. So, I mean, yeah, that would, if that happens, and, again, big if, that allows you, like it's, yeah, like Trevor's saying, get someone from the bullpen um, at the trade deadline. Um, yeah, offensively, I don't know. I like our offense. Yeah, our guys aren't producing. um to the standards that we think they should be. Um this, this offense is <laughs> they still score a crap load of runs. Um one person who would stick out in mind, you know, maybe go get like a Justin Smoke or somebody like that from Blue Jays who's Blue Jays are a lost cause. I don't know what the asking price is for that, but we do have some good assets down in the minors that obviously would be intriguing for other teams, but then again, you don't want to waste all of your top prospects um, in one year as well. Um, so, we'll see. Things will become more clear within the next couple weeks um, in terms of what the brewers are thinking in that regard. Uh, you guys have any uh, last-second thoughts before we uh, preview next week at all? No, sir. All right. I do well, not. Well... Brewers are off on Monday, and then they welcome in the Mariners to town, followed by the Pirates. Each of them are three-game sets. Again, knock on wood here, teams that are below 500. hopefully we take care of business. Uh, Didn't work so well last week, but hopefully we turn it around. Uh, Next week on the podcast, we'll be doing our month in review segment for we'll be hitting July already, so season's clipping right along and hope for you guys to tune in next week. See ya. Ah. See ya.